Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we praise you today. We thank you for your many blessings. We thank you, Lord, that you are our living hope. We thank you, God, that you're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And Father, we worship you this morning with all that we are and all that we will ever be. And Lord, we thank you that we give you it all to you this morning. And we give you praise and glory and honor. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the anointing on your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated this morning. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. I, get, take every, I hope everybody had a good week. hope you enjoyed yesterday's warm weather. Calm winds, warm weather. <laughs> it's got kind of cold this morning and something... We don't always see this time of year, but amen. But the sun's shining. That's a good thing. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you guys last week for taking care of everything while Peggy and I were gone. We had some good time away and um, had a good meeting while we were there. You know, um, and I'm, I'm going to finish I'm going to do part two of a good soldier that we started last week and, um, I mean, two weeks ago. And I'm going to give you a little bit of reviews just to bring you up to it. And hopefully those of you, if you have the notes, can follow. Well, I did add something, so if you didn't get new notes, you might need them. Because I did add a couple of things. Um, <clears throat> 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 8 is the scripture that I'll be using. It says, Timothy, my dear son... Be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. And athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. And hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Think about what I am saying. The Lord will help you understand these things. Always remember that Jesus Christ, hallelujah, a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. This is the good news. That I preach. So Paul is encouraging Timothy, he's encouraging him to be, to, to, to follow his example. He's telling him to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You know, um, there are, um, Good soldiers and bad soldiers, evidently, because he's telling them to be a good, a good soldier. We'll talk about that, what it takes to be a good soldier. But we want to be a good soldier in the army of God. Amen. And, you know, we, we are soldiers of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm also going to read, go ahead and read 2 Timothy, 2nd chapter 8, verses 8 and 9 in the message. It says, fix this picture firmly in your mind. Jesus descended from the line of David, raised from the dead. It's what, it's what you've heard from me all along. 
It's what I'm sitting in jail for right now, but God's word isn't in jail. So he's encouraging them that no matter where you're at, God's word is still his word, right? God's word is still alive. It's not dead. God's word is not, um, not in jail. It's not just because we're in a certain place or a certain position or whatever. It doesn't mean God's word is confined to that. God's word goes out and we need to speak God's words out. To everything and everybody around us. And we talked about one of the things was to how to become a good soldier was to change your mental state. Change the way you think. In Romans 12, 2, it says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So we need to um, change the way we think. We need to change how we think about life. And when we accept Christ, we, we, we become a new creature. And we have to begin to renew our mind to the ways of the word and the ways of God and the ways of Jesus instead of what we've been doing all along. Amen? And, you know, the younger you accept Christ, the younger you do that, the less you have to change. <laughs> but when you get older, then you got a lot to deal with. you got a lot of things that you put into your mind by the world and by just the worldly standards and everything else that you've got to change. And I will say that doesn't happen overnight. It takes, it takes something on your part. See, I think a lot of people I've said before, a lot of people think it's just, we accept Christ and he'll change everything. Well, he, he, he does, but he doesn't. <laughs> he changes who you are, but then it's your responsibility to get into his word and become what he's called you to do. And that kind of brings us up to, and, and, and one other thing I'll say, and it'll kind of bring us up close to where I was, it's, it's your responsibility to read the manual, right? It's your responsibility and to transform the way you think. It's your responsibility. He's not going to do it for you. You're going to have to, change the way in other words it takes time and it takes practice so we i'm gonna start this we we about middle of this is where we i finished last week but i'm gonna start on the next thing to be a good soldier is to endure anything everybody say anything anything what do you mean by anything it says anything second timothy 2 10 through 12 in the New Living says, So I'm willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. So in other words, Paul's saying, I'm in jail. I've been beaten. I've been all these things. And I'm willing to do that if it gives honor and glory to God, if it brings people to salvation, if it um, helps them to grow. Then he says, this is a trustworthy saying. If we die with him, we will also live with him. It's one thing we as Christians have going, one good, one of the greater things we have going for us. If we die, it's just better. Right? And, and we, it's hard to think about that sometimes, especially a person that doesn't know Christ. To think, well, what about, you know, what I got now? This, it's going to be way better. Way, way better. You know what? And, and the biggest thing that I've had, in, you know, somebody said, well, you, 
You, re- you say that you're ready to die. And you co- I say, what about the people you leave behind? Well, you know what? I have to trust that God, he'll take care of them. And, and, and they'll, they'll rise up to the occasion. Amen. Then he also goes on and says, if we endure hardship, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. That word endure means to hold up under the pain and hardness. Don't flinch and don't sweat. Bear up, understand it like a good soldier. He's telling you, I mean, I got to understand this, what I'm going through. Well, you got to understand that you're going through it and that God is with you. We'll go into later on about not flinching and sweating. None of you never ever done that, right? So, so to endure, it means hold up. No matter what's going on, you're holding up. You're holding on to God's word. You're standing up <clears throat> as Christ and you're being what he's called you to be. Amen? James 1.12 says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. 1 Corinthians 13.7 says, love never gives up. Never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. There's that word again, it endures. And, you know, it's, it's the love for God and the love for others that keeps us, helps us endure. You know, when you're doing something and you know it's for somebody, just say in your family, you do it because, you know, your children, you're, you do it because you love them. And sometimes you, you have, it's, it's an endurance it's not always easy, but you're doing it because you love them. You love those children. You love your family. You love your fellow man. And Hebrews 10, 36 says, patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. Romans 5, 3 says, and this is where I left off last last time. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know they help us develop endurance he's not saying um well let me say this first the the word develop means to create or produce especially by deliberate effort over time you've got to choose to endure you got to deliberately do something to endure you're not just going to endure because you're in the middle of it and you say well you know but, but he, what he says, if we back up, this says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems, problems and trials, and for we know that they help us develop endurance. So we're, we're producing by effort over time the ability to, 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 to walk through whatever it is we're walking through. And, and, and if we have to know, that's why we have to change our minds. So when we're going through it, we know what to say and what to do. And we don't rejoice for the trial. Oh, I'm so glad I'm going through this. But we rejoice for the endurance that's developed through the trial. Because you know when you say, when I get through this, next time something like this comes along, I know what to do. And hopefully it won't be as long. And, I, and that all, a lot depends on us on how we do it. Anything you do is how you do it. How, how much are you willing to say, you know what? I'm going to endure this thing. I'm not going to allow it to overcome and overtake me and put me under. I'm going to endure it. So first thing, you know, we we develop endurance. And then 
He said, don't relax. Gird up. Don't relax. You know, relax, in, the, in this case, it means to reduce or stop work effort or application, to slacken or abate. I had a friend, or Peggy's daddy used to say that, don't be a slacker. Y'all know what a slacker is? It's the one who backs off. In the middle of something hard, he just... I used to have a guy that worked with me, and at the time I was doing something that was doing plumbing, and that's not my favorite thing to do. And back then we used copper, and we'd sweat. They called it sweating them together or soldering them. And uh, we'd be all the way across the house, big house, and we'd be in the middle of it, and he'd look at, he'd say, it's 10 o'clock, and he'd put his stuff down and crawl out and go get a Pepsi. It was time for him to take a break. I'm like, we're in the middle of this. This is not easy. So you don't relax in the middle of the battle. Because guess what? You might get defeated. Right? If you relax in the middle, if you thought, you know what? I'm tired right now. Well, you're in the midst of like all this stuff going on. So you got to like push on. Keep going. Don't stop. You're in the middle of the battle. It's not time to relax. You got to keep up the pace. You know, there is a time to relax and rest, and that's when you're through that part of the battle. And then things kind of calm down, and you can stop, and then, and then God says he'll give you rest. You don't relax in the middle of the battle. It's not the time to back off. Not the time to say, oh, you know what, I'm just tired. I'm just going to quit. You'll never <laughs> see the end of it. 2 Corinthians eleven twenty six 26 says, I've been constantly on the move. Paul said, I've been constantly on the move. I, I, I don't relax. I haven't been relaxing. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. Well, he's... He was, that's a lot of stuff happening, right? A whole lot of stuff. A whole lot of junk. This was, that was out of the NIV. And that was um, 2 Corinthians eleven twenty six 26 again. But what he's saying here is I've been constantly on the move. Even though I've been going through this and this has been tough and I've had all these things against me, I keep moving. I keep going. I ain't stopped. I haven't stopped moving. I haven't stopped going forward. I haven't relaxed in the middle of it. I keep moving on. I keep moving forward. I'm constantly on the move. You need to be able to say I'm constantly on the move. I'm constantly going forward. And that word gird, when he says to gird up, it means to prepare oneself for action, muster up one's resources. You can't muster up something you don't got. Right? What is that? Study and exercise. Study what God's word says and put it into practice. So when you do go through the battle, you, 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 you can say something. You, you know how to go forward. You can pull from resources that you have. You know, some of those resources are what you've experienced in the past. You know, um, 
if you learn from the little battle, you'll be prepared for the bigger battle. So you got to push in and press in when the battle's small. And you know what I want to say, too? You don't relax just because, well, this is you know, it's just a little battle. I don't need to, I'll just go on through this. No, you got to learn what you need to learn from that battle there. So when the next one comes, maybe it be big. It might be bigger. You pull from those resources. You pull from those things that you've learned. Like I said, through the word and through just doing it. Now I want to go back to that. Don't let the enemy see you flinch or sweat. The word flinch means to withdraw or shrink from as if from pain. You know, if, um, it's funny how we... I know some people that cannot stand to get a shot. That little teeny needle. And although, even if you're not, you know, scared of it or whatever, you kind of like, till it's done, they'll say a little stick, then it's over. Flinch. To withdraw or shrink from as if from pain. So, what he's saying is you don't flinch. You know, like the, um, the British soldiers that guard the tomb, they, they don't, and like the ones that guard, guard, uh, that guard our um, soldiers' tombs. I mean, no matter what happens, I've watched videos of people trying to make them flinch, trying to make them move. Try to, they don't. The eyes stay forward, and they stay strong. So don't flinch. Don't let the enemy see you flinch because that's a, root, a, a, a route in for him. He'll go, he's, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I know what I'll do next time, and I'll just keep pounding and pounding and pounding. That's why we got to be strong in the Word. That's why we got to learn from our little battles. Maybe we did flinch. Next time, let's don't flinch. And then um, the next thing, our sweat. Now, when we think about sweat, we just think about that stuff running down our face, right? Arms and whatever. Like, if you're like me, when it gets really hot and I'm working, you, and if you go to Nicaragua, you just sweat all over. I don't think there's many times there's a dry thread anywhere. Sweat means to undergo anxiety or mental or emotional distress. Talking about that kind of sweat. Don't undergo a lot of mental anxiety or a lot of emotional distress when you're in the middle of the battle because it won't go well you got to be able to overcome that's why you got to renew your mind got to be filled with God's spirit and you got to renew your mind you got to go through it without what I want to say is don't allow that to thwart what God's doing or don't allow that to thwart what you're doing don't allow it to make you relax or flinch or back off Keep going. And you know, a good soldier, to a good soldier, there's no such thing as I can't do it. Say God has asked you to do something. You say, well, I can't do it. If God has asked you to do it, you can do it. Might not be easy. He'll give you what you need. You study you get in the word, you do what he says, and you go forward with it. I can't do that. Well, my um, 
My mama used to say, can't never could. If you don't know why I said can't, but can't. You live around here, you say can't. Can't never could. You know what? And there are things that happen on the battlefield that are tough. There are things that you're going through life that are tough. There are things when you're going through the trials and the temptations, they're hard. Listen, I wrote this statement down. The hardships on the battlefield may be fearful or tough, but never unendurable. With God's word and with the resources that he's given you, with his spirit, those things, are, they might be tough, they might be hard, but they're not, un, they're not unendurable. If you stand strong, according to Paul, you can endure. Paul keeps saying, endure to the end. He said, I'm stuck in prison. I, I'm in prison, but because, you know, I want to say two or three things. Because of, he knew who his God was. He knew what the word said. They didn't, and he didn't have all of what we have today. He didn't have his writings that we have to go by. And because of knowing the love for other people, the love for God, knowing what the end result, he, ha- he, he could endure it. He, ne- he never said, I can't do it. I don't ever rem- remember reading that. Neither did Jesus. Jesus, when he was here on earth, he never said, I can't do it. So we got to endure. We can't allow the enemy to, to pull us back or make us to relax. And then the next thing to be a good soldier, you got to obey the commander's orders, right? When you're in the service and the, the commander says to do this, guess what? You better do it. You'd be in trouble. But in order to do that, you, have to, you, you know your commander's voice. You better. You know, you know how you knew your mama or your daddy's voice. <laughs> you know your spouse's, your wife or your husband, you know their voice, right? When you're in the other side of the house and they call you by your proper name instead of your regular name, you know something's going on, right? You better um, stand to attention. You know your commander's voice. John 10, 27 in Amplified says, The sheep that are my own hear my voice and listen to me. Well, if you know his voice, you know if you are his sheep, you should be able to hear and know his voice and know it when he's speaking. I know them and they follow me. He knows You know his voice, and he knows who you are, and he says, they follow me. So you need to know your commander's voice. You need to know God's voice when he speaks. The next thing you have to be a good soldier is you stand post until the commander says it's finished. This is all part of knowing his voice. You stay right where you're at until God says, okay, it's done, or it's time to move on, right? You don't move on your time. 
And I'll say this, you better move when he says it's done. It's time to move on. You better not stay in that mess. That's what some people do wrong is they stay in that place. Well, it's, it's so bad, I'm just going to stay here. No, you need to get on out of it. When God says it's time or when you know you can see it, you know it's time, you need to move on out. Because until God tells you the battle over is over, you better stay right where you're at. Well, I think it's time for me to move on. Same as staying out. I think it's time for me to move on because everything feels better. But if God hadn't said the battle's over, you better stay exactly right where you're at. You say, well, what if I mess up? If you mess up, get back on track. It's just that. Well, you know, I used to have little race cars, and back then they weren't wireless things. You know, there was a little cord hooked to the race. And they, if anybody ever had them, they'd jump off that little track easily right it'd be spinning around and then fly across the room you have to go pick it up put it right back in there and keep going if you mess up get back on track it's kind of like riding a horse if you get thrown off the first time you get back up on him it's the only way you're going to do it because once you let that horse know that you're scared it's going to be fun i remember coming the first times i ever got on a horse it was not fun because I didn't, you know, know some of those things. We used to go, and, and then, you know, there are unruly horses, right? And, and, and some of them get that way because we used to go to this place on 521 and ride horses on Sunday afternoon, years and years and years ago. And I guess they had so many different people. They were the wildest horses I think I've ever ridden. They'd take you out through the woods, and you better lay down almost because they're going to carry you for a ride. I'm like, oh, my goodness, what is wrong with these dudes? Because most of the ones at that time I had ridden were friends of mine's, and, you know, they were pretty nice. But so if you mess up, get back on track. If you, if you, you know what, it's just like if you're driving and you get on the wrong street or the wrong road. If you have to, turn around and go back to where you started. Now we have GPS, which is good sometimes and not good sometimes. Get back on track. And don't let your past either keep you from your destiny. Don't say, well, you know, I used to do this and I used to do that. And I don't think I can do this. And last, you know, I messed up a few years ago and I don't think I can do it. No, don't let that hold you back and keep you from what God has called you to do. Don't let the past hold you back. Don't let the past keep you from seeing what God has in store for you. And this next section is know your weapons. If you're, if you're in a soldier in a battle today, you better know your weapons, right? If you're out there and the, the battle starts and you pick up your whatever it is, your gun, whatever it is, and it's the first time you've ever seen it, you're going to probably be in trouble. Because you're not going to know what to do. You don't know how to do it. You might not even know how to load it or operate it. So you need to um, know your weapons. And I'm going to talk to you about two weapons this morning. And the first is the Word of God. You know that's the biggest weapon you got is God's Word. You better know God's Word. That's why you need to study to show yourself approved in uh, 2 Timothy, the same passage he says you got to know this 
You got to study. You, and what, some of the versions say work hard. Well, that's what it's talking about. You got to work hard to get to that point. But you better know what God's word says before you strike out for battle. Better know what God's word says. Joshua 1.8 says, study this book of instruction continually. How often? Continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. And I'm going to stop there for a second. Study this book of instruction. Study God's word continually. All the time. You know, meditate on it when? Day and night. You say, well, I have to work. That's right. But you know what? We can do, we, we um, multitask a lot. So we ought to be able to, part of our mind, ought to, even though we're working on something, we ought to be able to think about what God's word says. Meditate on what it says. You know, even in your job, he, the word has uh, relevance to that job. It can help you do a better job. So meditate on it day and night and obey everything written in it. You don't take parts of it and say, well, I like this part. And I don't like that part over there. You better like all of it. You better learn to obey all of it. Kind of like your mom used to say, you better obey me or, even if you don't like it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Hmm. You want to prosper and succeed? And prospering and succeeding is not just monetarily and all that kind of stuff. In, in, in God's word, in his life, in your life, and everything you do. Unless you do what he just said. Unless you study continually. Unless you meditate on God's word day and night. Only then, it says, will you prosper and exceed in all you do. You might prosper and succeed in some things, but in all you do, in all facets of your life. Don't you want to do that? Don't you want to prosper and succeed in all you do? Not just part of what you do? How do you do that? Continue studying God's word day and night. And then the next thing, weapon you have, is your mouth. Did you know that's one of the biggest weapons you have? <laughs> Do you use the right words that you need to say? Or do you just fly off the handle and say whatever comes to your mind? See, if you're studying God's word, then his word will come to your mind, and you'll probably say the right thing. But if you don't do that, you're going to say whatever comes to your mind, and it's not going to always be good. Use your words right. People speak, and I'm going to read that in Proverbs in a minute, but people speak death to themselves and everything around them all the time, to their job, to everything. Well, that's going to be the death of me. Well, that's a bad thing to say. Unless it's something you want. My children will never be nothing. Which that's actually good. People don't understand that's a double negative. You might say my children will never be anything would be the proper way to say it. But, you know, we in the South like these double negatives. 
We need to speak life to our children. We need to speak life to our ministry. We need to speak life to our bodies. We need to speak life to everything around us, our jobs, our homes, everything. Proverbs 18, 23 and 21 says, Wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring what? Satisfaction. Do you use the right words? Does some of the words you say bring satisfaction to you or does it bring destruction? Then he goes on to say the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Whatever the consequences are, whether it be death or whether it be life. Do you speak death or do you speak life? You know, you got something coming up. I just know it's going to go bad. I just know it's going to be a bad thing. It's just horrible. It's just bad. I don't think you'll ever hear me say that. Whether it turns out bad or not, I'm not going to say it. I'm going to speak life to it, to the situation, to me, to my body, to everything around me, to my job, to this ministry, to everything else. Because I believe God's word is true. And if he says this, it's true. Well, you know, it's just something I say. No, it's not. According to this, the word, it can bring life or death. Romans 10.8 says, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith we preach. So the word of God is near you or nigh you, it says in uh, King James, in your mouth and in your heart. It's talking about the word of God in your mouth and in your heart. What's in your heart will come out of your mouth. You want to see where somebody stands, just stay around them long enough. And what's in their heart will come out of their mouth. Mark eleven twenty three 23 says, I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen, but you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. So you got to have your heart right. You got to have no doubt and it says, you can speak to the mountain. And so many of us are waiting for God to speak to the mountain, but he said, you speak to the mountain. So we got to have, we got to use our voices. We got to use our words. You know, when your kids are growing up and they start making all these noises, and you say, use your words. Or don't just say, mm, 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 mm. Your kids never did that, right? Use your words, and I'll give you what you need. So you got to know the Word of God. That's one weapon. That's your main weapon, and then your mouth. So when you know the Word of God, you're able to speak out of your mouth what God says. Then the next thing you need to know to be a good soldier, you got to know your mission. You don't just say, well, you know what, I'm just going to go out and do whatever I feel like doing. I think it, it's a good thing. Well, just because it's a good thing don't mean it's a God thing. Know your mission. Know what God has called you to do. Get a vision for what God has shown you, told you to do. And go to that vision. You know, I've talked about a lot about keeping the vision out there, even though all of this stuff's going on. Paul kept 
his vision right. He knew what his vision was. He kept his eye on the prize. He kept his eye focused the whole time, even though all this stuff was going around. People were trying to kill him. They were beating him. They were putting him in prison. Nobody liked him. You know, the Gentiles didn't like him because of who he used to be. <laughs> the Jews didn't like him because of who he was after that fact. So it's like they never, they never liked him. That's sad, isn't it? Didn't have a lot of people that liked him, especially at first. But he kept his eye. He, kept the, he knew what his vision, mission was. He kept his eye on the vision. That kept him going. That'll keep you going when things don't look good, when things don't look right. That vision that God has given you. Keep your eye on the prize. You got to know the commander's intent. You got to know um, what his intent is for you. That's part of that vision. Why, 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 why you want me to do that? You know, sometimes you just have to say, oh, I don't, know, I don't really know what you, why, but I know that your intent is for me to prosper, for me to get to that place, so I'm going to do it. I'm going to go where you tell me to go and do what you tell me to do. And then being a soldier, when you put on the uniform, it's not about you. When you stick that uniform on, it's about whatever army you're a part of, it all of a sudden changes. When we put on, when we're clothed with, with Christ, when we put on our Christian uniform or whatever, we're no longer ours. And it's no longer about us. It's about doing what God has called you to do. It's about taking that vision that he's given you forward. And when you get that messed up, it's messed up. And you can't go forward because you're trying to do what you want to do, how you want to do it, the way you want to do it. You know, God gives us talents and gifts and all kinds of things so that we can do things a certain way, but it can't be about us and about what we want to do. It's got to be about what he wants to do, always. And in this world we live in today, it's always about you, right? Nowadays, it's all about you. you know, I won't sing that song. But. And then the next thing, when you put the, you are part of a team. You're no longer by yourself. You no longer have to work by yourself. And you got to realize there are brothers and sisters alongside of you. And when you're your team, you're supposed to what? Work together. So you're working with the team, you don't decide. You know, if you were playing, I'll say basketball because that's what's going on right now, kind of. And, and say you're playing basketball and you're out on the court and you're supposed to, to um, I don't know a lot about basketball, but you're supposed to be on the defensive side of it and you're supposed to be blocking. And the ball comes to you say, you know what, I think I'm just going to try to hit that basket. Even though that, that's not my thing. And you sling that ball and miss it. And guess what's going to happen? Your teammates are not going to be happy. Because you got out of place. Just like in football. What's the quarterback? So you know what? I'm going to throw the ball to myself. So he throws it way up in there and runs and tries to catch it. You're not, the rest of your teammates aren't going to be because he's out of place. Right? So you're part of a team. You have to work together. So when God puts us in a place, we're part of a team. And we go with that team. And we do what we have to do. We, we do it right. And remember that we're part of a team. 
Let's just don't go rogue. Right? Stay in, in bounds. And then never quit. We talked about that earlier, about relaxing. Never give up. Never quit. Never just quit because you're just tired of it. God didn't call any of us to quit. And no matter how hard it is, never quit. Keep going forward. You say, well, I don't have much to go forward with. Well, you take what you got and you go forward. Always obey the orders. Always obey your commander's voice. Always obey. You know, you need to be listening for what God says next. And, you know, you, you, know, you see in movies and stuff and the soldier goes and purporting for duty. In other words, they wait. he's waiting. You tell me what to do and I'm going to go do it. I'm reporting for duty. I know um, one of my jobs that I've had in the past, when I've, especially the first day I come in, I say, I'm here. What am I supposed to tell me what to do? Tell me what to do. So we talked about not quitting, obeying the orders. And this is a part of endurance, but stay and get the job done. Don't quit in the middle of the day because it got hot. You know, we used to, I used to do jobs like an hour or so away. And I could see the end of it. So we would stay and finish. Don't stop. You know, sometimes when you stop, there's certain things. If you stop in the middle of it, you got to try to remember where you were. And that's not a good thing sometimes. So stay and get the job done. Make sure that task that you're doing is complete. When God has you on a task, make sure it's complete. Don't stop. Say, so, well, you know, I'll go back to it later. And you wait a week and you come back and he's like, now where was I? You know, especially if you were in the middle of wiring something and then you got to try to remember where you were. You ever seen anybody open one of those telephone boxes? All the wires? There's a simple solution to that, but I won't tell you. There's a certain thing you do. Stay and get the job done. And then the last thing I want to talk about is trust. We can't do any of this if we don't trust God. If you don't trust God, you know what? You're not going to go into, into business or whatever or into working with somebody if you don't trust them. You know, if you got if you got... You ever had those jobs where they send you with somebody and you're like, really? He ain't going to do nothing. Or she ain't going to do nothing. They're not going to do anything. It's going to be all on me. How am I going to get it done with them? But you love it when they send you with somebody you know you can trust. You know, you know what? They're going to do it. Well, you can trust God. Always you can trust God. He's going to be with you to the end. No matter how hard it is, he's there with you. And you know what? When you think about Jesus, no matter what it is, he's already been through it. He knows what it feels like. He knows how it hurts. He knows how hard it is. He knows all that stuff. Right? Trust. You got to put your trust in Jesus. 
your trust in God. To be a good soldier, you got to trust. You know what? You got to trust when you don't understand. You got to trust him when you just don't understand. You got to trust God. Because you know what? You might not see it right at that moment, but it's going to come out to the place that he wants it to come out to. No matter where you're in the middle of something, you wouldn't want me to do that. How can, how can I do that? That don't seem to be right. But we trust God. We trust God. You know, we, we trust people sometimes, like I said, in our jobs when they say, we well, need to do this. And you're like, really? You just go on and do it because you know they know what they're doing. I remember one time, I want to talk about Ray a minute. <laughs> remember when we were um, building uh, oh, shoot. The, the church in, um, oh, shoot, it's in Managua. Just the name of it, just Dios Provera. I hope I said it right. Don't tell Daphne. Don't. Hey, Daphne. Um, Provera. But anyway, we were there, and they built a stage, and they wanted a hole to run the pipes through. And they wanted a two-inch hole because we had a two-inch conduit. We were going to stick through it. And Ray's like, how are you going to do that? I said, it's easy. I'll show you. And I took a sledgehammer and knocked a perfect two-inch hole, and he rated this. He's like, I ain't never in my whole life seen anybody do that. How in the world can you do that? I said, well, I've done it a bunch of times. So guess who did the next hole? I showed him what to do, and he did it and popped it in there. He said, man, that's awesome. But I mean, <laughs> Because, you know, because I had done it before. And I'm sure he's standing there going like, this ain't going to go well. That whole block's going to bust all to pieces. But it didn't, did it? <laughs> So, so, I mean, you know, sometimes you've got to trust somebody. Even when you're like. Because Ray knew how hard it would be to put another block in there. <laughs> so I want to read the scripture. Psalms 125, 1 in the Amplified says, Those who trust in and rely on the Lord with confident expectation are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved but remains forever. If we can trust and rely on God with what kind of expectation? Confident. I know that my God is who he says he is, and I know my God will do what he says he'll do. Then we're going to be like Mount Zion, which he says cannot be moved, and it remains forever. Now, that's a big part of this whole thing. All these little things, trust it goes right along there with knowing God's word. You've got to trust him. If you don't trust him, you won't trust what his word says. You have to trust God. And I have seen God many, many times do so many things that I'm like, wow. You know, when I've been like, how could that come out of that? How could something good come out of that? You ever trusted him about a person? <laughs> and you said, how could that come out of that we have to trust God I want to read this whole scripture of 2 Timothy the second chapter in verses 1 through 15 it, I think it's in your notes but it's not up there so if you're looking for it it ain't there um, and I'm going to read it out of the passion starting 2 Timothy the second 
chapter, the first through the 15th verse, it says, Timothy, my dear son, live your life empowered by God's free-flowing grace, which is your true strength, found in the anointing of Jesus and your union with him. And all that you learn from me, confirmed by the integrity of my life, deposit into faithful leaders who are competent to teach the congregations the same revelation. So he's saying, you know, be good soldiers. He said, here, take what I've given you and teach it. Overcome every form of evil as a victorious soldier of Christ, the anointed one. All those trials and temptations and all those battles and all those things. For every soldier called to active duty must divorce himself from the distractions of this world so that he may fully satisfy the one who chose him. Divorce yourself. Renew your mind. An athlete who doesn't play by the rules will never receive the trophy, so remain faithful to God. The farmer who labors to produce a crop should be the first one to be fed from its harvest. Carefully consider all that I've taught you, and may our Lord inspire you with wisdom and revelation in everything you say and do. How many things? Everything. But make Jesus, the anointed one, your focus in life and ministry. For he came to earth as the descendant of David and rose from the dead according to the revelation of the gospel that God has given me. This is the reason I am persecuted and imprisoned by evildoers, enduring the sufferings of this change, but the of these chains, but the word of God can never be chained. Even though I'm in this place, and even though I'm chained, and I'm tethered to the wall or the floor or wherever he was tethered to, he said, God's word can never be. So that's why I'm saying, listen to what I'm saying, and I'm going to continue to write to you and to send you these things, and you're going to take them forward. You speak what I'm telling you because God's word can never be chained. It can never be held back. I endure all these hardships for the benefit of the chosen ones in Christ so that they may also dis discover the overcoming life that is in Christ Jesus and experience a glory that lasts forever. You know, how can a man in prison, tethered to the wall, say these kind of things? Because his eyes, he's, he's full of the word of God. He's full of the spirit of God and his eyes are on the vision. <clears throat> his eyes are on what comes next. You can trust these words. If we were joined with him in his death, then we're joined with him in his life. If, if, if we're joined with him in his sufferings, then we will reign together with him in his triumph. But if we disregard him, then he will also disregard us. But even if we are faithless, he will still be full of faith. For he never wavers in his faithfulness to us. In other words, he's going to always be there for you. No matter if you waver or not, all you have to do is repent, come back and say, Lord, I, and he'll right back there. He never left. We leave him. He doesn't leave us. Be committed to teach all the, the believers all these things when you are with them in the presence of the Lord. Instruct them to never be drawn into meaningless arguments or tear each other down with useless words that can only harm others. Always be eager to present yourself before God as a perfect and mature minister without shame as one who correctly explains the word of truth. 
So this is the encouragement he's given them. You know, and how encouraging would that be if you knew Paul in this situation? He's a man in something like we could never probably imagine a prison to be. There were no TVs, no nothings, probably no, I'm sure no toilets or no anything. But he's encouraging. He's lifting you up. He's encouraging you to go forward. Because he knows. You know, if, if we know what's in store for us after this life, man, we keep trudging on. Amen? We keep trudging on. Holly, let's stand this morning. Are you ready to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ this morning? Do you want to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ? Hopefully, through this, if there, there's something that you've gained out of this about being a soldier, being a soldier of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, of Jesus Christ. Man, that I could be like Paul. Right? That I could be like Paul. No matter what happens, I never lose faith. No matter what happens, I never stop. I can, I'm continually, I love that statement, I'm continually on the move. We should continually be on the move. No matter what's happening in the world, right, things right now are crazy. But that doesn't stop us from heading in the direction. Continually on the move for Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Lord, I thank you for your truth. I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for your power. I thank you, Lord, that you've given us the weapons of your word and the weapons of our mouth. And, Lord, that we would learn to speak what you say, to speak to those trials and those tribulations, and to, to, to be like Paul, to never be discouraged, to never back off, to be continually moving and progressing to where you have us to go. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are our King of kings and Lord of lords. Lord, I thank you for your word and for your truth today. I lift up your congregation to you. I lift up the people of God to you here in this building and, and online. And Father, I thank you, Lord, that we're moving forward in you. I'm excited about what you have for us in the future. I'm excited about what part the body of Christ will play in these last days, Father. And I thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want to say one thing that, um, you know, I was at the uh, Evangel Fellowship International Board of Directors meeting, and we were talking about our conference in the fall. And we were like, you know, Philip, our chairman, asked, you know, do any of you, what, what do you think our theme should be this year? You know, we always have, uh, last year it was leverage and it was going forward, but and you know what we just landed on? Now is the time. I thought, man, that was awesome. Now is the time. Now is the time for us to gird up. <laughs> now is the time for us to be strong. Now is the time for us to go forward in Him. Amen? Praise the Lord. You have a blessed day. We'll see you next week, Wednesday, I guess. Darren's going to give you some announcements. Thank you. A few real quick announcements. Wednesday night fellowship meal will be at 630. If you have not signed up, please sign up. The church will be providing grilled chicken and some baked beans, Pastor Bill's famous baked beans. 
So um, sign up to bring a side or whatever you want to go along with that.